0: So, I'm on my, like, work computer, and I don't have a webcam on it, and uh, I'm trying to figure that out right now.
1: Or um, you can um use phone your phone as a second camera, because we love to see your face, Julian.
0: But that's the thing. I don't know how to get my – because I'm on the Zoom on my computer, right? And I don't know yeah, how to get my phone. Yeah, go on your me. cell
1: phone, <laughs> open the Zoom app, uh-huh. open the WhatsApp link that I sent you.
0: Oh, wait, wait. Okay. Oh, that's actually good.
1: So I always wanted to do an episode with a few friends of mine because I like those talk shows or podcasts that have like a bunch of friends and then they just talk about random topics. So for the end of 2020, I think this is the best time to invite my friends to be on the show and just talk about random topics.
2: Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah, I like it.
1: So actually, I don't have a format for this episode
2: hmm Okay, it's cool.
1: Okay, you guys don't seem like you're excited.
2: No, I think I'm was- very excited. I'm very excited.
1: Last year I start with you Dennis. What have you been working on in 2020? And and then we go from you to Julian and to
2: DC. Sure, sure, sure. Actually 2020 was a fantastic for me and a little bit sad, actually sad, because I left my favorite company, Lionstone, but I'm very happy that I started my prop tech company. So it was a huge year.
1: What is your are are you willing to talk about your prop tech company or you want me to skip
2: it? Okay. Sure, sure. My this company name is a Market Stadium. We provide an urban planning based commercial real the market score in the USA. Hmm. That's the one sentence explanation.
1: Is it like a scoring system?
2: Yeah, like scoring identifying... platform. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: This is a follow up question. What are one or two things that you have learned so far of starting your own company?
2: Okay. Uh, I think that like. The two most important thing that I learned is the consistency and tenacity. Like, just never give up. Like, do not give up. And uh, just keep working hard no matter what happens, you know, in the near future, right? Because sometimes, like, somebody just refused your offer. And uh, sometimes, like, somebody said that your, your company is not thing something like that. But actually, for me, I don't care, actually, because I believe myself and then I believe my company. So whatever happens, just keep working hard and just go for it. So that's yeah. what I learned. And in the details, actually, first of all, in order to sail the boats to the right direction with our team, I had to wait until our team, all team members could believe me, understand me and they understand the value of the company and our destination. So I just wait and I just work so hard like 24 seven and not force them to believe me or believe our company. Just, you know, let them just understand it one day. And then right now they seem like they believe me a lot and they realize our destination and then our value. So I really Mm -hmm. thank you for, you know, to my team. And secondly, I think just do not give up because I've had a lot of meetings with investors and clients. Actually, most of them like our idea and then platform. But some of them, as I said, that they just refuse it to invest in because like, it's to all this stage right now for, for, for us because we have a meeting with a lot of big companies that have a zero experience in venture capital area. So they don't know how to do that. So that's why they refuse it. But it's okay mm-hmm. because, you know, in some day, like, you know, we could meet again. That's life, right? Actually, for myself, like, you know, Minja, that when somebody say no or impossible for me, then my energy goes up. Then oh, I will move forward after that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I'm lucky that I have very good friends around me. We don't have to lose our confidence since we could meet again and then we don't know what will happen. So right. that's what I learned.
1: Mm-hmm. And then I, I just came up with a follow-up question for you. How did you pick your team members at the beginning stage? Do you have any oh. co-founders? How do you pick your team?
2: Yeah, that's very important. Actually, I just planned this like three or four years ago, when I was in Korea, I studied about urban planning in the laboratory. And we have three PhDs in in our team right now. Those guys are my friend. And then we were in the same laboratory in South Korea. So what I want to say is that I, I think the most important thing is credibility and then reliability, right? So can yeah. I believe him? And then like, these guys are really not just smart, but also very hardworking guy. So Based on that, I pick my friends, mm-hmm. you know, rather than pick somebody from MIT, maybe that would be a great choice, but I more rely on the friendship and then credibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: It's the trust between you and your team members.
2: Yeah, because mm-hmm. actually in terms of hardworking, actually I can do, you know, 24 seven. So actually I don't really care about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Julian, how did you pick your team members for your company? Um,
2: so, first of all, I think it's
0: pretty important to like explain what my company is. So I have, oh, yeah. So pretty much as of right now, I have two different companies that have launched in twenty twenty. My first one is a it has like a two prong you know two prong company. So it's JTH Real Estate, and at its core, it's a commercial real estate. A mortgage brokerage company and on uh-huh. the other side it's a real estate photography company so pretty much we're just a broker on the commercial side for any complicated deals I've, throughout my career i've made enough contacts on the lending side and on the debt side that i'm able to always find a solution to any borrower pretty much specifically on the commercial side we're based out of central connecticut and we actually do deals all around the states um, the last year we are going to close on In 2020 is in Ohio, actually. So it's not like one of those things where, you know, like we're not necessarily the boots on the ground, like Mindy likes to call it. Um, And then on the photography side, so that's something that I've launched just out of like a personal passion for photography. So we launched that company a couple months ago and it's true that going into the winter month, you know, we don't have as much excitement on the photography side, but hopefully in the new year in 2021, we can really launch that. And yeah. Getting more clients on that end as well. On the flip side, I actually started a completely unrelated company. It's more of a side venture, but it's actually blown out of proportion most recently, which is awesome. I started a a trading card company. And what we do is we started out as a servicing company where we help people evaluate and estimate and inventory your collection. So that's how we started out. And then as we grew, as we added more team members uh, and affiliates, we looked at different ventures, different revenue streams and whatnot. And we're actually starting our own streaming platform for trading cards. So we focus specifically on, as of right now, on Pokemon cards. So it has Uh nothing to do with real estate. But, you know, what's really interesting is that it has everything to do with finance, surprisingly enough, because I am putting together my finance knowledge And really applying it to something that's pretty atypical for, you know, someone who's working in finance, which is utilizing my financial skills in the world of trading cards and particularly Pokemon cards. Yep. So that's pretty much something that we launched into. So my company, my Pokemon company is called Pokemon Butler. We just launched our streaming platform. Hopefully we can partner up with other streamers to to get the content out. But for the most part, the way I see my company, Pokemon Butler, is more as a community. There's so much mistrust because of the fact that everything's done remotely now that there's, to a certain degree, a lot of doubt when you trade with someone that you've never met. So we are trying to become not only one of the biggest streaming platform for trading cards, so hopefully down the road expand to other trading cards, but also one of the biggest kind of like marketplace to buy, sell and trade trading cards. Uh, So that's what we're pushing towards down in 2021. So yeah, that's pretty much what I've been busy with. On the real estate side, I've kind of taken the opportunity because it's like the slow season for real estate to really focus on this. But it's been mm-hmm. nice. it's been an adventure so far.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I just came up with something when you say the mistrust. So I did an interview with a Chinese commercial real estate association, invitation only. And they interviewed me and I'm one of the members. So they asked me, is it possible to close deals through social media? Because he asked me a lot of questions about creative media and all of these social media contents that we are putting out on there. And I say, the main goal of putting your content, putting yourself or creating all of these videos or articles on LinkedIn Through social media, it's not to close deals. That is not your end goal. Your end goal should be to build relationships because Mm -hmm. money will come. Deals will come when you have established that trust and relationships. And then I remember one of my podcast guests, she said to me, Jenky, go check out what's that episode called? Um, I'm going to put it out because I'm sure you guys did not listen to that episode. Let me see. So that episode is episode 19. She said in the business world, you need to let people to know you, like you, and trust you. So it's a three steps process. And I think do a lot of the live streaming that you do, or like, Dennis, you know how you call up your friends and do a lot of these Zoom meetings. For a lot of the things that Julia putting out, for Instagramming, live streams, it's that first step of putting yourself out there for people to know you. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not even presenting yourself in front of other people, like, how are they going to know about you? Like, where can they find you? Right. So I think you're doing a great job.
0: Yeah. I mean, the way I see, and I know Minja, Minja and I have talked about it like a bunch of times, but you might have the best product, the best service in the world. If no one knows about you, you don't exist.
2: Right. Yeah. That's so that's why I think the marketing is very important as well. Yeah,
0: that's one of the hardest truths there is. And that's something I'm learning very quickly with a big slap in the face is that you might have a good product, good service, a good team, maybe the best team, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if no one knows about you, then you're nothing. You're, you're literally nothing, unfortunately. Right, is, I agree. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And on
0: the flip side, you know, <laughs> people who are very good at advertisement, people who are very good at marketing, even they ha- when they have mediocre product and mediocre services everybody goes to them because they're known and on the flip side that's how a lot of mediocre companies are able to succeed you know and for them like power to them that they are able to figure out how to get their name out there how to be known etc but now the goal the goal for a company like starting companies startup companies like um, dennis's and mine is to get ourselves out there as and sorry Aminjas, of course i mean that was implied because you're the host of this talk show but um, but yeah, it is to get yourself out there is, you know, rely, like ask for help, there's no embarrassment of asking for help, asking for support and ultimately thanking everyone. And that's something that I am mm. always very kind of like pushy on is, you know, like the first thing that I tell myself and my team. So we have a team of about 12 people now. Wow. The first thing I tell everyone is always be willing to help. Don't ever ask for compensation unless it's one of the service we provide. If someone asks you something kind of off the boat, just help them, regardless of the time it takes, always be willing to help others Right. And, and always thank them. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to help you. I mean, the whole point of Pokemon Butler, at least, and the real estate side as well is to help others. And like today, as part of kind of like our marketing strategy, we had, you know, like a Pokemon giveaway where we give out free products, free cards, free this, free that. And I have a bunch of people who are Facebook. They DM me and they ask me like, "How can I ever repay you?" Like, you know, I feel bad because I just give out like hundreds of dollars worth of product. And I'm like, if there's one thing, like the biggest compliment that you can do to us is to recommend us to someone else, to share our content with someone else. That is literally the biggest compliment that someone can give us because that means that you're giving your word, your opinion of us, and sharing it with other people. So that's the biggest compliment. Like, we're not asking for money. We get paid by doing what we do and what we're good at doing. So don't worry about that. Just share our content, share what we do with others. And that is the biggest thing you can do for us. And I think all of my listeners every day, all of our audience and whatever you want to call it, every day we go on stream. And for me, it's something that's very important. I think by doing the right thing, you know, like now that obviously we, the whole goal of doing it is to grow, right? But if we're able to make someone's day a little better by helping them out, then by all means, that's, you know, what I always push, what I'll tell my, my people. So. Yes.
1: Thank you so much, Julian, for that wonderful content, because I just wrote down five different bullet points that we can talk about in this <laughs> yeah, entire episode. Yeah, yeah. This is how great podcasting with friends can do. It's like we started this episode with no set ideas, no set topics in our mind, and then we just go from wherever. companies that just got started for my podcast at creative media, uh, how important PR and media exposure is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that, that I'm looking to do in the new year is we're going to actually hire a publicist. How, so, pre-
1: so I'm always curious. How much does that cost?
0: Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, send you, I'll send you our bill. I don't know. I really don't know. But as far as like getting yourselves out there, You know, it it all ties into marketing and advertising, right? So, like for example, for us, we just got the like rolls. I think we got ten thousand of these stickers. Look how Mm -hmm. cute they are. yeah
3: And we, you know,
0: yeah, Pikachu. That's this kind of like our mascot, our logo. It's a butler suit with a Pikachu. Mm -hmm. And we put, you know, it's like this is the Apple method, right? And every Apple product that you pay eight hundred dollars for, you get two stickers. (laughs) And we're doing the same thing. We're, you know, providing these vinyl stickers that you can stick everywhere. They're cute. They're attractive. They're useful. And when someone sticks it on their computer, on their phone, it's free. No, I mean, it's not free, but it's publicity for us. It gets our image out there. So that's one thing. The second thing is business cards. So these are our um, company business cards that I had printed.
3: Mm-hmm. Very
0: simple. And pro tip on business cards, you want that rounded edge. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. but this is the kicker right here. It's on the back. You have our basic information, our phone number, email, and you have our social media QR code.
2: Ah, oh, nice.
0: So someone scans, someone sees it. It's like, they know it's a QR code. They scan it and it pops up a, a thingy with all of our social media pages. So this is another thing we add to every one of our orders. And last thing, I like a lot of these chachis, but the last thing is a little thank you note. Same thing again with our QR code that links to our social media pages. So we just toss them everywhere, right? Like we go to the highest building in the city and we just toss a million of them. No, that's not good to do. But you get the idea. Like we try to get our image out there. And just today on our last stream, like we had people from like eight different countries. How?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Who are we? Like we're nothing.
3: Yeah, and, yeah. Um,
0: but when it comes to the publicist, I'll let you know how much it costs. But the whole point of a publicist is, you know, I want to hire someone on this project to be like, hey, Mr. Mrs. Publicist, I want an article to be written in every single gaming magazine, magazine journal that that exists in the world. Mm -hmm. I want our name to get out there. And I think there's no more like better or powerful way than to go to someone who like does it, you know. And that includes obviously like articles or people that Tweets or like tags you on Instagram. That's probably part of it. Like go to like the biggest streamers and have them mention you. I don't know how much it's gonna cost. It's probably gonna cost me an arm and a leg, but I think that's worthwhile because you know here again, it's all about visibility.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-, I just have a few ideas. I I could be wrong. We don't have to listen to anything I say. Um, I'm just thinking.
0: Everything you say, Ninja.
1: Oh, thank you, Julian. I'm just thinking that. I have worked with a lot of the PR people and marketing people from different companies because of my podcast. I have to reach out to the company and they will usually work with me to get their executives to be on the show. And all of the disclaimer statements I have to put underneath the show. I don't know how many emails or how many pitches does it take in order for that public city person to send it out to these reporters to be on these magazines. I get a lot of emails their PR marketing person, just send out a bunch of these massive blasting emails to every podcaster or every reporter that they get. So when you pick a PR person, I strongly recommend you to pick somebody who really understands how to do pitches, like personalized. Maybe you can do it yourself, Julian and Dennis. If you want to engage with these podcasters or social media influencers, streamers, like you really need to engage with them and personalize your DM or your email. And before you send that request, ask them to give you a shout out or ask them to, you know, get you on the show. Make sure you have followed them and engaged with their social media contents. You know, always leave a comment. You have to do that for a while, probably one or two months before you send that DM or email, and you will have a greater probability of them accepting your request. Mm -hmm.
2: Is it, yeah, that's a really good information. Yeah, I got it.
1: That's yeah,
3: the
0: way the way you put it, ninja is really interesting because, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, sometimes there's people who just cast the widest net possible, send an email to everyone mm-hmm, without mm-hmm. actually knowing who they're asking. And I totally understand where you're coming from. I feel like there's two types of people, those who kind of like cast the widest net possible and see what sticks, right? Without, you know, necessarily knowing what you do, who you are, what you do, like what you represent, what your company does and whatnot, no research done. And I feel like it's kind of like to the same grain where people send, you know, 10,000 resumes and maybe one gets picked instead of really focusing on, instead of sending 10,000, send out a hundred and really focusing and customizing. Like you said, every single resume is customized to the job, to the company and to the position you're looking for.
2: Yep. Yeah. So I think like, you know, do the both, you know, both methodology, that would be great. Because before we recast something, I think be their friends first.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I really uh, like your example of how it, it, it's really like job hunting. Would you rather send out 10,000 resumes that don't customize mm-hmm. for that? job position that company mm-hmm. you're looking for or you mm-hmm. rather to really focus aiming and you can do it at scale too you just need to put in the time you can send out a hundred resumes that really customize for that one specific position for that mm-hmm. one person but you just need to spend more time and energy and but if you really want that job you should you should spend more time
0: yeah and on the hiring side i, I mean i've had the opportunity to hire a few people now the first person I tried to hire at first was just an assistant, someone who, you know, helped me on a day-to-day basis. And qualification was you had to know how to read and write. Nothing like too like technical, like it's an assistant's position, you know, nothing like acquisition manager or something like that. Like, I wasn't require, requiring them to have like, experience, just have a, have a college degree and that's all. And i received, I think, over 400 applications and i reread read over all of them. And unfortunately, there's like a big chunk of them where just I just skipped because there was nothing, you know, it was just copy-paste, copy-paste. And there was just no content. And on the flip side, anyone who sent me a cover letter, because I didn't require a cover letter, any person who sent a cover letter that was catered to my company, off the bat, I gave them a second interview without even reading, you know, necessarily reading what was on it. Mm-hmm. Off the bat, I gave him a second interview because they took the time and effort to write the cover letter. I know how annoying it is to write them because I've written a lot of them. And then the same thing with the resume, like if they cater exactly to what I'm looking for, like, you know, I've had, I mean, you know, there's a way in a way, right. I was looking for an executive assistant to do daily tasks, nothing too you know crazy. And then the person, all they can talk about is their experience as a nurse or experience as a teacher. I'm like, that makes no sense. Like it's not catered to me next. So, you know, I spend less than 30 seconds watching every resume, but if someone put, put in the cabinet, regardless of qualification, I always gave them a courtesy of a second interview. And then from there, you know, once I get to do a phone interview, I spend at least 10 to 20 minutes with them. And then it gives me a better idea. Are they a good fit? Do I want to meet them in person? So out of, four, I mean, just to give you an idea, out of 400 plus resumes that I've gotten received for this one position. I've uh, done 40, I think it was 43 phone interviews, and I've ended up with eight in person.
2: Um, Yeah, so, yeah, like that's a really interesting story. And then I want to tell you from the applicant's perspective. Mm -hmm. So it's about the Lionstone investment. I just firstly applied Lionstone because Lionstone was the only one company that I wanted to apply. So I think that that job was the perfect position for me to get in. So, actually, I just uh, sent them my resume and then I had a like 15 minute um, interview with the senior director over there. And then I felt that, oh, wow, this is the right guy. And and then this is the guy that I found. Mm -hmm. And then he feels that, like, oh, he's the guy we are looking for. So we matched like 100%. So that's why, like, you know, I got to find an interview chance and then just go to Houston. And then I had an interview with them. And then I finally got selected among like the more than 400 people. So they selected only one, but like sometimes it's really hard to find the right position because I was lucky to find it. Right. So
3: mm-hmm.
2: I think I just recommend, you know, like do both, both methodology, the spread out, but also just yeah. still looking for the right position.
3: Yeah.
0: I, I know I've definitely heard mixed reviews between those who say, you know, just try to like get in touch with the hiring manager message them, just stalk him, LinkedIn stalk, all that stuff. You know, people appreciate that and people don't. It really depends. And I've had people do that with me. Like, you know, like I'm not, like my company is non-existent. We don't exist because we're very small. It's, you know, like at least on the real estate side, like I ended up not hiring anyone because I hired one person. She quit after one day and, and I ended up offering the job to another candidate. My second option and she ended up you know, turning it down to accept another offer that offered better pay and better benefits, which I don't blame her. But I mean, I did have people like reach out to me and be like, oh, I saw that, you know, I reposted the job afterwards. And ret- I saw that you reposted like, and you know, went the extra mile and I gave him the courtesy of another interview and so on and so forth.
1: And when you mentioned, it's so hard to find that perfect match. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with you. I think it's really hard to find a company that has the company culture that fits with what you're looking for in your personality. And also being a team and working with your coworkers, helping each other have the same vibe. I think it's so hard to find that position.
2: Yeah, that's why like, you know, that's why we try hard, right? Because like, you know, like when I was at NYU, what I did like every morning, when I woke up and then I applied the jobs. That was my first thing to do. Mm-hmm. So actually, you know, since I tried so hard, then that's why I finally got the right position, I think. So just try hard, then maybe you will find it.
0: And sometimes it's just absolute pure luck. Sometimes you're just at the right place at the right time. I mean, you know, my internship that I got during my final semester at NYU was because I was tutoring kid. And uh-huh. I've never met the husband. I've always only interacted with the mother. And the mother was like, you know, got close with her. And I told her, this is what I'm doing, I'm looking for an internship. And she knew I was in real estate finance. And she goes, Talk to my husband. He's a uh-huh. partner in this massive private equity firm, you know, uh-huh. they manage like 10, 20 billion dollars in assets. Talk to him. And I'm like, wow. Wait. I've been working, for, you know, as a tutor for the past year, and I didn't know your husband for, as a, <laughs> for this like massive private equity firm. And so I talked to him, and he's like, "Like I've met you a few times," and he's like, "If you want, come interview with uh, myself, who's the head of capital market and uh, investment team, and the CFO." And off the bat, I'm like, "Wait, what?" Like, you know, and it's literally being at the right place at the right time, and and yeah. it's one of those, it's one of those things like n- always present yourself properly it's yeah so i guess you know i was never impolite. i was never rude or anything like that uh uh, to the family i always did my job properly so they're like okay his work ethic is good let's give him a shot with an interview and then ended up interviewing and you know getting the internship
2: yeah like that's why like the marketing yourself is very important all the time Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, you never know. That's you know, Minja is the queen of this. Is networking at every conference. She yeah, works. right. <laughs> you know, we've been at a conference and she's like, takes me by the jacket. He's like, Julian, come with me. I want to, I want you to meet someone. And he's like, right, <laughs> This is like the CEO of this massive company. Here's my friend Julian. Hi. <laughs> what? <laughs> so you never know. I mean, you know, network, network, network. What was it? Minja's quote is net. Your network is your net worth. Right.
1: Actually, uh, our friend Lewis taught me that quote.
0: Funny story. So, you know, initially, like my office, right? I, I have an office in like the business district in central Connecticut in West Hartford. And initially, it was my real estate company. And, you know, then I integrated the Pokemon company within it. But, you know, there's a hallway, there's glass, and people look in. And I've had people that, you know, never said hi to me, saw my Pokemon stuff laying around. And they're like, what do you guys do? <laughs> and I'm like, it's fun. That's all we do. And, and I've gotten, like, three clients for that. They're like, oh, well, my son just found his old collection. Can you look at it? And obviously, we never no. those. So we are absolutely have him come in. And he's one of the neighbors that we have. Son, who is in his late 20s, I believe, is one of our clients now. And so you never know. You never know.
1: Yep. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Dishi? You're muted. Oh, my God. I'm looking at this camera, like... <laughs> the lighting, it shows my face pretty good. I'm just good looking in general. <laughs> Go ahead, Dishi.
4: Yeah, same thing. One thing you guys were talking, I was thinking too, is our industry just so heavily connected via conferences. Before I was constantly on the road, the conferences and networking, and all of a sudden like none of these are exist anymore. So now give me some time to think of how effective that is and what's the best way of doing that. I don't know if you guys are participating on the virtual. Or you find your own way of networking. That's why I found like very different this year.
1: Yeah. yeah, Being the formal conference queen, I'm no longer the conference queen after pandemic. But hopefully <laughs> I'll be back in 2021. So one of the biggest mistake I did when I connected with all of these people at New York when I was living there is that I did not follow up. Follow up, follow up, follow up. Follow up is so important. And I think 90% of the people felt at the follow up stage of networking. Is that you got the business card? Okay. Then what's next?
4: Well, that's actually a question. Like, in terms of let's see if we got a 50 business card, and then there are, you know, probably five people that we wanted to connect with, and we'll certainly follow up. And what about for the rest? Like, what would be the meaningful message to send? How do you typically follow up with someone who you don't connect immediately, but want to cultivate that relationship for a later time.
1: Mm-hmm. I usually follow up with everyone on LinkedIn. And then if there are specific people that would like to follow up further, because there might be a deal that we like to talk about, then I would send them a message and email. And I really want to push the message out that I really want everybody in commercial real estate to use LinkedIn more. I know there are a lot of people who hate social media. You know, it's a lot of spam accounts, messages from software or product companies that wanted to sell you stuff in your yeah. messages, but just treat it like a way of people to reach out to you. This is why I found in April for Millennium, mm-hmm. we usually send out our monthly blasting marketing email that talks about Las Vegas commercial real estate. I got probably 60 bounce back emails from my 500 very small CRM systems because these people got laid off. Their email address doesn't work anymore how am I be able to find you? Like, yes, I kind of store my, you know, I take a picture of your business card and it stores to this cloud system. That's your phone number and your address and your email. But all of those are your existing company information. It's your company phone number, it's your company email. And once you got laid off or switched your company, how am I going to find you? I don't have your cell phone number because we're not that close, But if you're on LinkedIn, I can find you. Okay, so you're either looking for a job or you've got a new position at a new company. And I can go to the new company website and then update your email and your contact information. I I know there are a lot of people hate being on LinkedIn, but this is the direction that the world is going. Like what do you want us to do? You want the world to go back 25 years? and use, what's that called, the Rolex Dex thing. I've never seen that in my life. I don't think I'm old enough to know what it is, but (laughs) this is the direction that the world is going. I mean, even if you don't like to engage with people on LinkedIn, but at least just be there so people can find you.
4: This coming year, I'm anticipating things won't go back to normal at the earliest June. And we'll be preparing for another year of virtual working so yeah, what would be the best way to do it? Sure, we certainly do deal, do, we don't rely on conferences to do deals. I just feel like we're heavily dependent on technology virtual thing these
1: days. Mm-hmm. Oh,
4: so, well, yeah, that's
1: why I mean business, Dishi. <laughs> that's that's why creative media exists. So after pandemic happened in April and May, I think you guys all remember I hosted probably three or four online Zoom happy hours. Do you remember? Yeah. And I, I think all of you were involved in it. And I invited all of the Shack alums to be on the Zoom happy hour. So I think the best way to network is not rely on other people to provide the opportunity for you to talk. If you're looking to network with other people, why don't you be the host? Why don't you present yourself out there? You shouldn't solely rely on other people to provide an opportunity, a platform for you. Anybody who's listening to this podcast can start their own podcast. Yeah, you it's tell It's not them that them. hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard. Anybody who's listening to this podcast can start a Zoom happy hour. Or what's that called? Google, Google Meet. It's like that a will- new virtual thing that Google came up. It's completely free. So after my Business Insider article came out, I got three messages from three young professionals. They say, oh, it's okay if we do a call. So I did a call with them. And then they asked me, what is the best way to network and build your connections? And I say, you can be the host. You know, what is the one thing that I like to do? I'm from Las Vegas. And this is like the perfect example that I like to use. You don't need to be the most popular guest in order for everyone to know you. You just need to be the party host. You just need to be the host and everybody at the party will know about you.
0: That's that's, so, that's thing. yeah. Just provide the platform and everybody's going to thank you. But at the end, you're not doing anything other than providing the platform.
1: Exactly. They're going to ask, oh, which party we're going to tonight? They would say, Minja's party, let's go to her house. They're like, who's Minja? I don't know her, but hey, let's go to her house. That, I think that's the best way to do it. Before the pandemic happened, you really need to have like a venue, like a physical venue, either a bar or conference room or ballroom. But now you can just use technology. You can even just FaceTime a group of friends. Like Instagram just came up with this group FaceTime features that you can FaceTime like six or 12 of your friends on Instagram. A lot of these webinars, like Zoom webinars, I don't really listen to them. I'm sorry. I, I think they're kind of boring. So I haven't listened to a lot of the Zoom webinars. And a lot of these webinars, they don't allow participants to talk with each other. So, I don't know who else is watching this webinar. I don't know their information. I cannot find them. And then for the Zoom happy hours, it's like 20 people at the same time. It's really hard to have that one on one connection, that discussion with a specific person. So, I I like to be the host of those happy hours, but I don't like to be the guest.
3: I feel
4: if it. I'm attending
1: a party, I better be the most shiny attendee of the party, or I'm the host. <laughs> That's
4: a good way of putting it. Yeah. We we're going to happy yeah, hour like ULI or may all put this for like the face-to-face interpersonal connection. I feel like it's different. Maybe just like the size, will probably matters. Like you mentioned, like I'm eager or desire some sort of smaller platform where like this, so we can actually talk and yeah. share ideas. And yeah. About
1: yeah it is harder to network at bigger events and another thing that I would like to mention is that why don't we reach out to the people that we already know or people we have not catch up for a while it's the same thing for like on Instagram you know a lot of these social media influencers are always trying to how can I grow get more followers how can I reach out to more people? Well, what about your existing followers? When was the last time you left a comment on their Instagram post or their LinkedIn post? When was the last time you emailed them and called them? We all know friends. We all know people in commercial real estate. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that we have not catch up with for a while.
0: Yeah, so very interesting, like side bit on just what you said, like catching up with old friends. Recently, it was, I mean, someone I went to prime you know preschool with. So five through 10 is when I was with, you know, this group of people. So it's been over 15 years that I haven't spoken to them. 15 years. And one day we're all Facebook. Um, we're all, I'm like Facebook friends group with like a, a few of them. And it was one of their birthdays. So I was like, happy birthday, like long time, no talk. Like we were together growing up this and that. And we start talking, we're on a call and like, let's, let's try, let's see if we can get kind of like the, the group together, you know? When we were like, yay! Hi, and so we ended up inviting a bunch of people. Now we're, you know, planning to have like a group call, at the beginning of the year, and it's super exciting because we all like grew up since. And back then we were all like little school kids, and now we've all graduated. Um, we've all, you know, gotten either a job or masters, and then a job and whatnot. And and it's really exciting to kind of catch up. And yes. uh, you know, the most important thing is to take the first step. Is don't be afraid, don't be shy to be like. Be like, hey, you know, if I haven't talked to Ninja in 10 years, like, hey, Ninja, like, long time to talk. Like, do you have time for a quick call? You yeah, know, I'd like to definitely hear what you've been up to, et cetera, et cetera.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So,
0: yeah, it's – it's. I mean, I'm super excited because I haven't spoken to a lot of these people in over 10, 15 years.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, well, and you know how I started this podcast? Like, everybody thinks, like, if you look at my guest list, I'm sure there are people asking me, like, how do you be able to reach out to these people? And it's because I already know them. They are already my connections. Um, They're not new. Or some of them they are new because of LinkedIn. We have been engaging on LinkedIn. But if you look at the first 10 episodes, Dennis, Dennis was my Episode two was on episode two. DC, Julian, I already know you guys. So I invited all of you to be on the show. It's all about starting with the resources that you already have. And then you grow from there. One of the guests that I did a recording with, but the episode is not released yet. I saw her company's research paper um, about Las Vegas, and then I sent them an email. And that email got forwarded to her, which is she's at the executive position. And then when we got on the call, we found out that we actually met two years ago in New York. And that's why she responded to my email, because she remembers my name, Ninja, like ninja with an M. So she said, "Ninja, we actually met two years ago.
3: That's great. That's and really and that's cool. how
1: she wanted to be on my podcast because we met in person two years ago. So you just never know, like the person that you met many years ago will still remember you, and then you just never know what will happen. Two years ago, I never thought about starting a podcast. I never thought about doing a podcast, but now all of these connections that I already have, they're now back, and you know wanted to be on the show. So yeah, that's yeah.
3: That's,
1: really cool. that's that's cool. great.
3: Yeah.
4: So now I realize how important that is to like a CRM, sort of like the contact management. Before I had something, I mean, someone I had a list of people, but it wasn't like curated to a way or it wasn't organized because we were constantly seeing each other. Now in the virtual world, how do you go back to find your old contact? Do you just go through all your lists? Or?
1: So I do have a CRM system that I don't use. <laughs> I know I'm terrible. I'm a very terrible uh, person in organizing these contacts. I basically just follow them on social media. That's the way I connect with people, either on Instagram or on LinkedIn.
4: When it gets too many, though, besides people who talk day to day or pretty often, if that person was not really on social media, or how do how you remind? So I guess I'm just trying to think of a way to go back yeah. to old contacts and yeah. that, open up a and, chat again. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's why I'm pushing this message out. Like if you're not using a social media, like please do because I just, I honestly do not know where to find you. If we have not speak for five years, I mean, people switch companies. It's very common. People switch company, people get new jobs, people get new email address. And if you're not on LinkedIn, I, I honestly do not know how to find you unless we are like really close. And I and know your personal cell phone numbers.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, even if it even if it's through TikTok, you know, get yourself out there.
1: <laughs> exactly. I am on TikTok. Follow me on TikTok, guys. Oh yeah, DC do have another follow-up question. I love DC's question. Like she's the one who really asks questions about commercial real estate. But the other three of us, we we're just talking about Pokemons and weather <laughs> stuff. I'm just thinking ahead of uh,
4: twenty twenty-one. How fascinating seeing how things change. In twenty twenty one, things will probably be the same for another year and looks like everybody can work anywhere in the world now it doesn't have to be stay out of the city that you you base at. And that's also kind of a strategy of applying towards the real estate development too what kind of product should i develop should i still put like a luxury condo in downtown 2021 will be very different and how the recovery will look like i anticipate that things never going to go back to normal just because Things can be done without being in the office. Even architects don't need a drawing board to, to draw architectural planning anymore. They do a little bit on a computer. So I feel like if we don't adapt to healthcare technology trends and keep doing a real old school way, it's probably just going to be hard to keep up with the current yeah. market.
1: When you talk about moving to places that's less expensive, I always tell people to move to Las Vegas. I don't understand why people are still <laughs> living in New York City. I mean, I understand. You know, no, it's the-
2: or, or, or like Austin, Texas.
1: Oh, yeah, you love Texas. Yeah, that's true. Or Florida. A lot of these companies are moving to Florida.
2: Maybe because- of Isn't it purpose? Goldman Sachs
1: or JP Morgan are opening like an office in Miami? I
2: think Yeah, so. and then like the Tesla moved to Austin, right?
1: Okay, um, think about Tesla- Texas have been on the headline of all of these newspapers about Tesla yep. is doing their um is it a manufacturing factory or is it the boring company that does the tunnel the mm. underground tunnel? G-
0: giga, giga, giga factory that they're mega. Factory? Oh, so it's a factory.
1: Uh, okay, got I it. I I'm not
0: sure. I don't
1: know. Okay.
0: I know they came out with their new uh, tequila bottles, which are really
3: really cool. Mm.
1: So Tesla is mm-hmm. doing its. Boring project, like the underground tunnel project in Las Vegas on the Las Vegas Strip. Did you guys know that?
2: So Wait, you're like... saying that is a boring project?
1: Um, no, no, the no, name no. of the company is Boring.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Got it, it invented by Elon Musk, and
0: they actually put together a, a flamethrower that could be sold to the open public. Mm. And now they're doing this tunnel thing, I guess
1: yeah so it's under construction it's already been under construction for like two years so they're connecting a tunnel underground tunnel from the las vegas convention center to all Mm. of these major hotels on the las vegas strip
2: that's amazing that's really a smart way
1: yeah and go back to the point where Dishi was talking about see i can tie all of these talking points together i'm such a great podcast host Anyway, so go back to the point where DC was mentioning about like the forward thinking, the technology thing. You know what this reminds me of? So I listened to a podcast interview. The CEO of MGM Resorts was -hmm. the guest, and then he said MGM has been planning a mobile app, online gaming system for the past four years until the pandemic has hit. They got it out. They released it in four months. Do you know how the entire pandemic has fast-forwarded the speed mm-hmm. of putting our technologies out?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty cool. I didn't know they they put out like a, an actual online gaming platform.
1: He said the future of MGM is two things: one, online gaming, and number two, Asia. Because the casinos they have in Macau generates a lot more revenues than the casinos they have in Las Vegas. They're trying to diversify their portfolios in Las Vegas. Hmm.
3: Yeah. So I mean,
1: how, how is the
4: hospitality gaming industry in Vegas? Because I feel like if we see that normal, then everything else is fine. <laughs> I benchmark you guys.
1: So I recorded another episode about the future of gaming which is going to be released hopefully in January, things have changed. And we need to think about how we're going to adapt the new lifestyle. The hotel occupancy on the Las Vegas Strip has dropped um, significantly. I don't know what's the accurate percentage, but a few hotels like Encore, Park MGM, and soon the Mirage will only open during weekends because we don't have enough convention group travelers during weekdays, so they will shut down the entire hotel during weekdays. But iGaming, online casino, and sports betting, they had the best year in their entire history in 2020. So the future of gaming, we will see a lot of these companies that will focus more on iGaming, online gaming, and sports betting as well. And then a few topics that we also talked about in the gaming world is esports. And one of the things I brought up in the podcast interview, and the entire thing that Dis was mentioning about technology and the next generation is that we know that our generation, we are not interested in slot machines. Like Julian, do you think slot machine is interesting?
0: Oh, uh, I, I can't stand it personally. I'm a table game player.
1: Yep, I, I agree. And then And then Dennis, do you gamble?
2: No, actually, I don't do gambles.
1: It's the traditional mindset that stops these corporations of moving forward. And it's the Mm -hmm. same thing in commercial real estate. Like a lot of the times when you show them a new idea, they always refuse because people don't like to change.
2: Right. Yeah, actually, like I want to tell that part actually because... Go ahead. Yeah, because I had a lot of meetings with investors and the clients and then I showed them our future and luckily, actually, we got two investors in our mm-hmm. team. And, and we will hopefully close our seed round investment in January, maybe.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's really hard to envision right now. But I believe our company, as I said, that because we are headed to the digital twins. Do, like, do, mm-hmm. you, do you guys know about the digital twins? No. no. So, like, digital twins kind of the new concept. It means that the make a virtual word and then the actual word the same. So we are headed there because we have a specialist in our team. So we will actually make a virtual real estate and an actual real estate same in the mm-hmm. future. So mm-hmm. that's where we are headed. So that's the future, right? But it's really hard to envision before they see the, the exact product, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. why we have to go, for, you know, move forward to them, right? Because it's really hard to envision. I think digital twin will be the future of real estate. hmm Please just uh, search the digital twin. Actually, that is already existing in Singapore. The Singapore government, they just control the city with the data.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. It's a very interesting concept, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's really hard mm-hmm. to imagine, because I don't know what it is. And yeah, yeah, I cannot yeah, imagine yeah. it in my head. Send us a link. Go, go Google, send us some pictures so we sure understand so. what it is. Please. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. That being said, sorry, I'm going to have to head out because I want to get dinner before the, the, uh-huh. the whole foods closes. So they close in like 10 minutes. so I want to okay. get there so I can get dinner. But I don't know if you wanted to do some closing remarks for me and then continue the discussion. I just want oh, to...
1: Sure, Julian. What would you like to say goodbye to us? You know, and then we will invite you again in 2021. <laughs>
0: I'd love to come back in 2021, but I mean, as usual, Ninja, thank you again for having me, for inviting us. I don't know any other than that.
1: I I a, thank you, Julian. I, I have a
4: last question to, to you guys. So since you guys are all entrepreneurs, so if you would pick a city to do your business and w- where would you pick the city? Yes.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, for me on my end, I don't know enough on the tax side, like tax benefits and like that side where it would matter. So, yeah. just to quickly answer your question, I don't really care, personally. Like, you know, as long as I have good internet, good food around, I'm pretty happy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the answer that a lot of the young millennials and Gen Z would say. Anywhere that has Wi-Fi. All right, I know, Julian, you have to go to go get dinner. Right. Bye, Julian.
2: Okay, bye, You know, Julian. the other
1: three of us, we can stay online. Dennis, yeah. what is your answer? You see you,
2: Julian. All right. Yeah. Actually, personally, you know that I love New York City the most in the world, so... I prefer choosing NYC, but, you know, as a benefit or tech tax standpoint, I think I would choose Texas. Texas is really beautiful and it's really, really affordable. It's all cheap. And then please follow Elon Musk. So please follow Elon Musk because I'm a big fan of Elon Musk. So... Um, okay, then I'm going to
1: add on that Elon Musk's company is also in Las Vegas, and we also oh, don't yeah, have yeah. state income tax, just like Texas.
2: Exactly. So, like the Las Vegas or Texas is, the, I think, the same thing. So I think go to Las Vegas or Texas. Like, so if you like dry weather, then I go to Vegas, and if you feel like humidity a little bit more, then go to Houston. Or, but dry also in Austin. So you know, wherever is fine. Yeah, it's all good.
1: Yes. So my answer would be, I think you guys already know what I'm (laughs) going to say, Las Vegas. One thing I wish Las Vegas would do is to really diversify our economy. I would say one third of our economy is based on gaming, hospitality, entertainment, you know, the entire Las Vegas Strip. There are a lot of services. They provide their services and products to the Strip. All of these food, all of these Hydroponic farms in Las Vegas that provides their vegetables to all of these high-end restaurants on the Las Vegas strip. If the strip is closed, all of these farmers will close their business too. We just have a lot of services and products that we supplement, you know, to, to provide it to the strip. So one thing I really wish Las Vegas would do is mm-hmm. to really diversify our economy. I know they started the downtown project where they had Zappos headquarters they provided a bunch of tax benefits.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I hope to see more tech companies to come to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I personally okay see it's like every time when we say we want to diversify the economy but we always go back to the strip. I I wanted to say esports mm-hmm. esports tournaments I think the Strip is trying to get more sports mm-hmm. events to Las Vegas. Um, we just opened the Legion Stadium here in town, One point six billion billion, one one of the most expensive stadium development in U.S. history, yeah, 63,000 right? seats, and mm-hmm. they just opened it this fall. Yep. And not only just football, but if we can host the World Cup, You know, that'd be great too. I like soccer too. I would like to see some esports. And this is what me and my guests talked about in our podcast is that there are a Mm -hmm. lot of theaters on the Las Vegas Strip that are currently closed down because of pandemic. But Mm -hmm. after this pandemic, Mm -hmm. what else can we do other than the show, the, the concerts? And same thing for the Legion Stadium. Like, is it only going to open during football season? And the answer is no. They already booked out for a lot of the concerts. Concert? Yeah. yeah, yeah, performance. I mean, it's Las Vegas. Like, if somebody is going to host a concert, they better host it in Las Vegas. So what about esports tournaments? That's cool. Like Dota 2, like all of these world champions. You know, Dennis, you're from South Korea. You know how popular esports is in Asia? Especially in South Korea. The gaming
2: industry in the South, yeah, they're really popular. And then the South Korea is kind of one of the biggest in the world. It
1: is. It is one of the biggest. And you know, in China, more people watch eSports than soccer.
2: Oh, but like, but I'm not sure about that part in South Korea because we love soccer too. But like we play games a lot. Mm -hmm. So one of the famous, the game players, especially LOL players, in the mm-hmm. word name is Baker. He's the mm-hmm. Korean guy. Yeah. He's a word famous because I don't play game, but I know him. So yeah,
1: I know him yeah. too. I'm not really. an esport person, but I know him too because all of these esport players, so uh. in China they have what's uh. called Weibo, which is like a Chinese Twitter.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know.
1: More it's, it's like a combination of Twitter and Facebook. Uh. So they will have the trending. Rankings mm-hmm. just like Twitter does, they have the trending hashtags. Mm-hmm. And since three years ago, mm-hmm. I've been seeing these names on the trending hashtags that I mm-hmm. don't know of. They're not like A list celebrities. Mm-hmm. So I looked at them and they are esports players. And then recently, they just get a lot more famous and a lot more famous. And now they are more famous than the actors and actresses and singers, like the mm-hmm. A list celebrities. The amount of people. From age, I would say age 10 to 25 yeah, that watch yeah, yeah. esports yeah. is insane. You know, there's one of the esports players, and I actually posted this on LinkedIn, but nobody liked my post because
3: mm-hmm.
1: I'm just a non-traditional person, commercial real estate. So mm. one of the esports players, he said this in an interview, he is 17 years old,
3: mm.
1: and he said he is the middle older age group in esports.
2: Mm. Got it, got it, yeah. You know how
1: insane that is? Like, yeah, I just think there's a lot of opportunity that the Las Vegas Strip can do on esports. I mean, they have had some, like, fan meeting events, like a smaller one, but I really want to see a big tournament. If esports is going to do a tournament, like a world champions, I want to see it happen in Las Vegas. Just like World Cup. It's Las Vegas.
2: Yeah, that's a really great idea because that's why, like, UFC held always in Las Vegas.
1: And one of the reasons is because the previous CEO of UFC, he actually owns a few casinos in Las Vegas. So so he actually yeah, yeah, um, is, yeah. you know, from Vegas. So,
2: Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, Vegas is a symbol of the party and festival and those kind of all the concerts, nothing like that, right? So I think Eastport will be a uh, great idea to start over there too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really great idea.
1: Mm -hmm. And another thing um, I wanted to say is that I know, see, I I don't know what I should comment anymore, like my personal comment on a lot of these hotels, because some of these hotels are coming to my podcast in 2021. Uh, I want to see more innovations in the game itself. There are skill-based gamings coming uh-huh. out. If you build a hotel in 1980s, mm-hmm. you wouldn't expect how much technology has changed the world, that mm-hmm. these kids are no longer interested in slot machines. You know, a five-year-old today plays an iPad better than I do. Their brain just processes information so much quickly mm-hmm. than the previous generation.
2: Yeah, like that's why like we need to innovate something. Because I always curious about the future and that that curiosity generates my passion to passion towards this prop tech. So that's why I started my company. And then I'm very curious about the next version of tech. What's the next step? Maybe we will know after 50 years later, but I want to know, actually. It's very <laughs> curious. And I, I, I always curious about the future.
4: How we're recovering from this pandemic, I think that will play a major role. Innovation will need to to Uh cope with that change because now we've been to the darkest time. Now it's time to go back. And what can technology help to advance this?
2: Yeah, and then actually right now, like we can build the small single family housing with a 3D, 4D printing, right? And then maybe in the future, we can build the whole amazing hotel with the printing. That's the future. What we can well, yeah. expect right now, we need to keep inventing.
1: Yeah, that's why the world needs us. Yeah, yeah actually, like,
2: the, can I just show you the like the Singapore, the city? Oh
1: yes, yes. Please. Yeah.
2: Actually, I want to show you this. This one is very. This is already existed in Singapore. They just um put the virtual word to the actual word. I uh, know yes. the no, actual word to virtual word.
1: And I have to comment on that picture because the picture you showed us is the Marina Bay Sands in Singapore. It is one of my favorite hotels, <laughs> you hotels in the world. It was developed by Las Vegas Sands Corporation. The architecture is genius. Uh-huh. The yep. engineering yep, right? behind that project is just genius. Mm. Okay,
2: go ahead. But this is really pretty, yeah. This is actually, yes. they just put the uh, actual world into the virtual world system. So they can oh, manage all the cities. I will show you. This is not the future. This is right now. So that's uh-huh. why we need to imagine forward. This is amazing. So government control all the system with the data. So they don't have to go out. They control all the thing with the computer at the office. So they can find the fire happens or other all the traffic's here and they can manage it with a computer. And so you don't have to go Singapore instead. Like, you know, you can get in the system. You can see all the market inside the system. So you can walk on the street like this oh. and then and then like you can meet the people, but not right now maybe, but maybe next step. So you can mm-hmm. talk with the people inside the system. So you don't have to go Singapore itself. So that's why like, you know, maybe Las Vegas, like, you know, for the gaming, so you don't have to go to Las Vegas for game, like instead just get in the system and then game with the people at home right that's the digital word
1: yeah okay so, now i'm kind of worried about the land-based casino
2: uh, why
1: what about land-based casinos it's like how are we going to attract people to come to our casinos now everybody's <laughs> on their phone and doing their games online
2: yeah 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 then oh, like the las vegas the hotel they just create a game like or the system like this then they can Get the cash flow from this. Then get more clients in the world.
1: But I like the development part. I like the physical real estate part. Like, how am I going to to talk about the development history of all of these hotels on the Las Vegas Strip if they're all virtual? That makes me yeah, kind Yeah, You
2: can talk in the virtual world. But I'm not sure, you know, what will happen. But this is one of the future that I can expect. And yeah. And it's really interesting, this is already existed in Singapore, mm-hmm. and it's really technology-oriented country, so that's why they accept this. But this is very interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, it's amazing.
1: Great. Anything else? It's very interesting how we started with no set idea in mind. How many topics did we touch on? We went from entrepreneurship to marketing to casino to Las Vegas to mm. to Singapore.
2: <laughs> yeah, Singapore. And maybe like the Gwangi will, you know, like this. <laughs>
1: yes, Gwangi, if you're listening to our podcast, make sure to yeah. tell your friends.
2: Yeah.
3: Come on in, come on up, come on over for the merriest time of year. Come on up, come on in, get together for a good time. Smile, my dear. Come on in, come on up, come on over. We'll be dancing round
1: the tree. So let us have a swing Christmas. Just like one, two, three. Thank you so much, everyone. Dishi, anything else that you would like to add?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What kind of new skills
4: set have you guys gained this past year given quarantine?
2: Skill set? Like in terms of the real estate skill or anything. Or... <laughs> Any skill. Anything. Wow. <laughs> I have
1: a lot to share, so I can go first. Really? Wow. Yes, of course. I started my podcast during the pandemic on April 1st. So I've gained a lot of editing skills. I've gained a lot of soft skills, like working with PR and marketing teams and how to, you know, it's all about connections and communications. So that I have gained a lot. And the editing part I wouldn't say I'm a pro, but I'm pretty good at editing and I love all of those music and sound effects. And then um, social media, I have gained a lot of skills in terms of social media marketing and content creation. What else? I've been going to the gym every single day. (laughs) I think that is one thing I've stayed consistent in 2020 is that I've been going to the gym every single day except the lockdown quarantine period. The only day that I have not been to the gym is on Christmas Day because my gym closed on Christmas Day but mm. every other day I've been to the gym. Um, yeah, I think that is all of the things that have learned gained so far in 2020.
2: Well I love a lot actually. Well I just I, I just want to say that like they learn like instead of using gain because I mm. learn a lot actually. I learn a lot by starting my company. Doing a lot of meetings with investors and clients. And then now I learn a lot about the financial part when we build the company, all the like investment, cash flow, all the things, and a lot of legal stuff as well. And it's really complicated, but I learned it. And maybe it's a lot of the computer skill set that I learned. Yeah.
1: So maybe some of my audience don't know about this but dennis and i co-hosted a webinar about data analytics in commercial real estate and i should put that video link in the show notes so people can check out sure sure yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah that's a really great idea yeah yeah Yeah.
1: so i was the co-host but i didn't know anything about data analytics so he's going to show like some r studio some coding stuff so if you're interested in all of those fun stuff Make sure to click on the link in the show notes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, like because of Minja, like um, because like the one of the guys just reached out to me two days ago regarding this because he wants to learn about this kind of thing. So mm-hmm. he reached out to me through LinkedIn.
1: Yes. It Do you know how like- many people have reached out to me through LinkedIn for my YouTube yeah. videos and podcasting? It's like it's amazing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, actually I I got two because of you, because of your podcast. Yeah. Good. So how about, about how about you, Dixie? Yeah, You know, watch your game and watch you learn?
4: But that's why I'm self-reflecting. I'm asking questions like, I mean, work, certainly. A lot of you know, uh-huh. hard skills, underwriting, acquisition, deal-stretching. Really, I'm more advanced in my golf game. It's not a new skill, but all I have time to do is just work and play golf. I, I've spent a lot of time to advance my game and now I am play much better, but not new skill. So I guess my resolution for New Year's, I'm trying to
3: pick up a new skill.
1: <laughs> mm. yeah. We need DC on all of these friends conversation because she always asks good questions and bring us back to commercial music because one of the topics I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode is we need to talk about our 2021 goals and right. New Year's resolutions. Yeah, so- actually
2: I have a goal. Just, I have only one goal. So the goal is very easy but really hard because my goal is to build my product the best in a market analytic field. That's that's my goal. That's it. Because I want to build the best product in the mm-hmm. world. So that's it. Nice.
1: That's a good goal.
2: Good yeah, time. actually, I just focus more on, because I, I myself focus more on uh, the investment side. Mm-hmm. But I think I just realized that I think the product is way more important than this because once the product is good, then uh, we can easily attract the clients. And then if the client comes in, then the investor comes in after. So it's like, the step yeah. is like that. So I realized that okay, then I focus on product, make the best product that satisfy all the clients in the world, then investor comes in easily. So And don't forget the marketing.
1: Would... And don't forget the marketing part. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, marketing is the most important too. Yeah.
1: Yes. And if you would like to hire creative media, you know where to find me.
2: Well, yeah, we'll we'll see you soon, B. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, for me, I have a lot of things that I would like to do in 2021. So yeah. I wrote down a few things um, and I always come up with new ideas. So I might pop up some new ideas in January of 2021 that I don't have it now. So one of the things I would really like to do is to be more consistent. On my podcast, I'm sorry. I'm like the worst podcast host out of the entire internet. I'm never consistent of doing these episodes. So I would like to be more consistent and grow my podcast. And I hope people will like my contents because I'm not a traditional commercial real estate host. I feel like this is the only commercial real estate podcast that you learn about anything else but commercial real estate. So yes, be more consistent Invite more awesome guest speakers that have interesting topics to share and that also have, you know, a chemistry between, you know, the guest and the host to create this good vibe, to really have a good episode. And number two, I would like to expand my podcast to China. So China, first of all, they have a huge podcast hosting platform called Shimalaya. It's kind of like the the Apple podcast of China. And then, you know, since we all went to Shack, we know how many Chinese international students study commercial real estate in the U.S. and they go back to China. And there's no commercial real estate podcast in China that really talks about the U.S. commercial real estate market. So, and because of my personal connections, I think I will have a good amount of followers in China and also to really leverage my... Um, connections in the Chinese commercial community. So this is one thing that I would like to do. And also to set up a WeChat account to really promote my contents in mainland of China. And then the third thing that I would like to do is, well, besides the work related stuff, you know, I have a lot of things I would like to do with all of these projects. But for my personal side, well I would like to be back at the conferences. I want to, you know, be back on my conference screen title. Yeah, and just continue to network and post in my podcast and creative media. Looking forward to work with Dennis and mm-hmm. Julian and, you know, hopefully a lot of the other people that I would like to work with.
2: Okay. Awesome. Perfect, my- Ninja.
1: Yes, thank you. And my personal goal side, I will continue to go to the gym.
2: Perfect. <laughs>
1: all right. Thank you so much, everyone. I know it's kind of late in the East Coast, and I really want to say a big thank you to all of you to all of my friends and followers who have been following my journey and listening to all of these episodes for my podcast. And I I hope people like me. I think I am a pretty interesting person. So I hope my audience like me. And don't forget to reach out to Dennis if you have any prop tech, commercial tech related Mm -hmm. questions. And then don't forget to reach out to DC if You want to reach out to her and learn about acquisitions and real estate development, and she also has a lot of career advice that she would like to answer.
2: Sure, sure, sure. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much, everyone.
2: Perfect, perfect. So thank you for hosting this. It's always fun.
1: (laughs) And I will see you guys next year. Looking forward to twenty twenty one.
2: All right. Bye bye.
1: Bye. Good night.
2: Bye bye. Good night.
3: Yes.